Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Today we interview a legend in Colorado politics. Douglas Bruce is a former elected official, but more importantly, he is the author of the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. You're gonna love this interview. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. But today we have a live guest in studio, and this man is a legend in Colorado politics. He's not only a former elected official, but he is the king of citizen-led ballot initiatives to change laws without even requiring lawmakers to do it. I'm going to introduce to you my dear friend, Douglas Bruce. Mr. Bruce, welcome to our program today. Thank you, Gordon. So I'm honored to know you, and uh, for those who don't know, we mm. share something in common. I was elected to the Colorado Legislature from House District 15. You were elected to the Colorado Legislature from House District 15. So I, I sort of filled what I affectionately call the Douglas Bruce Chair. And it was an electric chair. An electric chair, <laughs> and that's why uh, you know, maybe I'm, I've been referred to as a lightning rod and, and you... Uh, and that's why they say that it's a hot seat. It's a hot seat. You kept it warm for me. So I appreciate your having served as an elected official, but how else would you introduce yourself to our audience for those who don't know you? Well, I was born in Southern California, went to Hollywood High School, local college and law school, became a deputy district attorney, which is a prosecutor. And uh, we had about 500 at the time. I shudder to think how many they have there now in Los Angeles County. Uh, but I was quickly disillusioned with the ability of the court system to actually effectively, thoroughly treat crime issues. And uh, I was disaffected with LA. So I moved in 1986 here and uh, never looked back in terms of practicing law. I never had any interest in being a, a lawyer other than being a prosecutor. So that's why I jokingly call myself a recovering attorney. You're a recovering attorney, uh, graduated law school, assistant mm -hmm. deputy di district attorney in Los Angeles. Right. You saw some injustice. You moved to Colorado in 1986. Right. Uh, now, we're gonna talk about Tabor, which you helped pass into the Colorado Constitution in 1992. But you later, uh, in 2005, you became a county commissioner. In 2008, you became a state representative. You served in the Colorado legislature. And you've been doing uh, citizen-led ballot initiatives before and after that. Right. You are the king of petitions. And you have organized more petition drives than I know uh, and helped change actual laws. How did you get started in that movement in the late 80s? Well, there is only one king, as you know. So Jesus I am, is king, yes. I am, prefer to call myself Mr. Petition. Yes. And it's just, it's a fact that I have had more issues put on the statewide ballot than anybody else in the 116 years that we've had the right to petition in Colorado, which is 
granted in our state constitution by the will of the voters in the year 1912. And um, so um, when I arrived here, there was an issue already on the ballot. It was the sixth time, sixth time, that it was an effort to try to limit Colorado uh, taxation and spending. And uh, it passed, uh, it, it failed because um, what happens is people have an idea, they get passionate and they put an issue on the ballot and then because they're inexperienced, they get wiped out by the establishment on election day. And then they give up and sulk and go away and pout and, and don't stick around. The one key to success for the Tabor Amendment was that it took three elections. So the persistence was the exactly. secret. Exactly, that's the secret. You gotta keep trying. And uh, there's a famous statement by Calvin Coolidge, who was one of Ronald Reagan's favorite presidents uh, about persistence being the key to success. So um, after this issue lost in 86, I got involved in what I call a post-mortem with the other people statewide who were involved in the effort on the inside. And I, being the only attorney in the group, I took on the role of drafting something. And we got a proposal on the ballot in 1988, and then in 1990, and then the third time around, 1992, when it passed. So the 86 proposal when I arrived here got 38%. My first effort got 42 and a quarter. The second one got 49.9, almost made it. And then 53.7 when it actually passed. And you put something called TABOR into the Colorado State Constitution. TABOR stands for, it's an acronym, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. Right. What did the law and what does the Constitution say? Well, I thought it was an interesting acronym because we also had a 19th century United States Senator named Horace Tabor and we have a Tabor Center in Denver and we have downtown and we have a number of streets here and also even in other states called Tabor. And um, it's easier to remember it. It's just two syllables as opposed to taxpayers' bill of rights. But the, the concept behind Tabor uh, is that uh, the citizens should have not only political rights to be, have the right to a jury trial, have the right to freedom of speech, freedom of religion, various other things that are in the Bill of Rights federally, but they should have economic rights. We do have some economic rights, um, but not nearly enough. And the size of the government is a threat to our economic freedom, as well as uh, the growth of government being a danger to all of us. So the main idea of Tabor, before we take this short break, is that elected officials cannot raise your taxes unless the voters approve and the voters get the final word. They cannot raise the rate. Now, taxes, as we all know, they go up every year with inflation, with new people moving in. Um, there's a natural growth in government revenue. We don't freeze that, but if they want to take a bigger share of our money, they have to get our permission. The phrase that I came up with, which is a, a question that the opposition could never address or answer, 
is simply this. Who should decide how much government we can afford? We the people who earn the money or the politicians who want to spend it? So we don't tell them how to spend the money that they get. We don't vote on the budget. We don't vote on, you know, the salaries of the employees or anything. But if they're taking a bigger share of the economy, more for them, by definition, means less for our families. And you restored so much power to the taxpayers by giving us the final word on whether or not your taxes can be raised. Let's take a short break. When I come back, I'll ask Douglas Bruce about other states that have tried to do a taxpayer initiative. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Are you frustrated at the direction your country is headed? Are you ready to fight for a cause and change the world? Do you believe God has called Christians to make a difference? Announcing a new book by Chaplain Gordon Klingenschmidt entitled How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, a step-by-step -step guide to take back your country. Dr. Alan Keyes wrote the foreword saying, this book needs to be placed in the hands of every millennial and Bible-believing pastor in America. In How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, Gordon Klingenschmidt equips you with 30 powerful political tools in a 30-day devotional. His 15 inspiring true stories of political victory prove the effectiveness of these methods. You don't even need to get elected to take back your government. By becoming the media, gathering petitions, building an army, and prayerfully fighting the right enemy, you can reverse bad laws and help establish the kingdom of God right now. But if you read this book, you just might get elected too. Order your copy today. It's available in the Superstore at WND.com on Amazon. And you can get the first chapter free right now if you visit the website SchoolofLiberty.org. Again, that's SchoolofLiberty.org. That's SchoolofLiberty.org. It's time to take back your country. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Douglas Bruce, who is talking about limiting the power of government. Now, government in other places, especially in other states, just raises your taxes whenever the spenders wanna do that, but not in Colorado. There is a limit in the Constitution that says they can't raise your taxes unless the, vo the voters approve of that. So. Let me ask, uh, Mr. Bruce, since you helped pass this in 1992, how many times have the voters vetoed an effort to raise your taxes by elected officials? Well, there's two ways to answer that. There's not only the actual veto, but there's the implied veto. Because politicians had to think twice and thrice before they would even think about putting something on the ballot because they know they have this extra hurdle of having to convince we the people whose money it is and therefore they don't, um, there's a lot of ideas that just die on the uh, cutting board in effect yeah. that never got on the ballot. 
we've only had basically one straight out tax increase that's passed statewide. And that is was a tobacco tax increase because a lot of people think it was so fashionable. Well, we're going to help these people who are smoking by raising their taxes to discourage them from doing something that's not healthy. But all the other times they've tried, the voters have said no. And and the state is very reluctant to try. When the state, when the politicians lose an election, they take it personally, and they probably should. The voters are saying to them, you're out of touch with reality. You're out of touch with what our family needs are. You need to cut wasteful spending. The only way you can cut wasteful spending is by putting them on a budget. And of course, most people, including politicians, don't want to be on a budget. That's where they borrow money, which Tabor also is supposed to restrict, even though they violate Tabor in many instances. Um, but the uh, politicians, uh, once burned, twice shy, is the old saying. So they don't uh, try it too often. Now, some issues, particularly at the local level, pass because the local level is more in touch with the citizens. Remember, this is not just a limit on tax increases statewide. It's an increase on limits in your county taxes, your school district taxes, your uh, city taxes, library taxes. If, if they try to take a bigger share, they've got to get our permission. Now, I've read comparisons of Colorado to other states, and as you know, Colorado is trending more and more blue every year. More Democrats move here from California. But I read that Colorado, when you compare the percentage of personal income that we pay to state and local taxes, uh, we're like third in the nation of the trend since 1992 of the least tax hikes compared to other states, their taxes are going up. Colorado has held the line, and we have not had dramatic tax hikes in Colorado since Tabor was passed. This is a testament to your legacy. You did something that really helped the, the voters. Well, it did help. It would help more if they obeyed the law all the time. But in effect, they obey some of the law part of the time. And, uh, you know, there's problems that have crept into the system because we have a very corrupt judicial system, and the judicial system just violates the plain language of the Tabor Amendment and lets the government do things. Why? Because judges are government employees who are paid for with taxes. They like big government because that's what got them their job for $150,000, $160,000 a year. And so it, it would work even more wonderfully if it were allowed to work, if it were honored and obeyed all the time. I have to admit that sometimes it isn't obeyed. You mentioned people from California. It isn't just California, it's other places, but California is a good example of people who are fleeing the state because the taxes keep going up, the services keep going down. Uh, there's all kinds of social chaos, a lot of it caused by big government. So they come here to flee the consequences of higher taxes, but then when they come here, they say, oh, these taxes are low. And they so try to raise them. Then they agree to vote to raise them. So let's say there's conservatives watching from other states around the nation, and they want a taxpayer's bill of rights to be passed in their state. What are some key elements that have to be in place before that ha happens, and why has it not happened in places like California? Well, if somebody's really serious about uh, imp imposing a taxpayer's bill of rights in their state, 
they first have to understand there's only 25 states that have the right to petition at the state level. To change their own state constitution. And sometimes it's not even the constitution, sometimes it's only statutes. But a statute is better than nothing. But they can also have a Tabor Amendment at the local level. We passed it in 1991 in Colorado Springs, where I live. Um, and we did that um, as a test case that we could use for the following year and a half to tell people, see, it works. It works in Colorado Springs. Now we can do it statewide. Nice. If anybody wants to, if they are really serious, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a fair amount of money, but particularly a lot of work. If they want to do something at either their local county level or even state level, if they have the right to petition, they can contact me by going to my website, douglasbruce.com. douglasbruce.com. And this has been tried in a couple other states, uh, sort of a half measure, not as strong as Colorado has actually passed. Well, and the reason that they didn't pass is, as I said before, you have to persist. Um, in the state of Maine, they had something literally called the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, but they lost the first time and then gave up and th sulked and you know, yeah. pouted or whatever the term is. And you got to put up with the uh, frustrations of trying to educate people that we're all God's children and we have a right to be free. God wants us to be free. And you can't be free when politicians can just take everything they want out of your bank account, out of your wallet. Um, one of the things that I've said frequently is, you know, the Fourth Amendment says that the government can't invade our home, but we need to have protection so that we're not taxed out of our home. You talk about the Constitution. Show this little booklet that you carry around in your wallet. Well, I carry it next to my heart, literally. I'm, I'm that corny a guy. Right. And this is a, one copy of the Declaration and the Constitution. And as you said before we went on air, I pointed out to you that it's signed by Clarence Thomas of the U.S. Supreme Court. Fantastic. He, he is the one of those rare people who is a constitutional literalist like me you know he believes words have meaning and the constitution is not some accordion that you get to expand and contract to fit your mood it's it's on parchment in paper you can see it in the national archives under glass and it really exists and the liberals try to um, twist it and distort it and say it's a living, breathing document. I don't know how a piece of paper breathes, but, <laughs> but they say it's a living document that can be molded to fit the times. Well, the whole purpose of a constitution is to override the tendency of politicians to have expedient solutions. Right, and the constitution should be a rock and not some kind of organism. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask Douglas Bruce about his plans for the next few years. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection. For example, military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also faced punishment if they dare to object 
to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Are you frustrated at the direction your country is headed? Are you ready to fight for a cause and change the world? Do you believe God has called Christians to make a difference? Announcing a new book by Chaplain Gordon Klingenschmidt entitled How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, a step-by-step guide to take back your country. Dr. Alan Keyes wrote the foreword saying, This book needs to be placed in the hands of every millennial and Bible-believing pastor in America. In How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, Gordon Klingenschmidt equips you with 30 powerful political tools in a 30-day devotional. His 15 inspiring true stories of political victory prove the effectiveness of these methods. You don't even need to get elected to take back your government. By becoming the media, gathering petitions, building an army, and prayerfully fighting the right enemy, you can reverse bad laws and help establish the kingdom of God right now. But if you read this book, you just might get elected too. Order your copy today. It's available in the Superstore at WND.com on Amazon, and you can get the first chapter free right now if you visit the website SchoolofLiberty.org. Again, that's SchoolofLiberty.org. That's SchoolofLiberty.org. It's time to take back your country. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps. Joined for one more segment with Douglas Bruce. Uh, Mr. Bruce, you have been active as not just an elected official in the in the county commissioner uh, election in, in the state legislature, but more you're, you've made your bones and your legacy really, I think, as a guy who leads statewide initiatives. And you've passed, as we said, Tabor into law. You've also passed other initiatives and gotten dozens of things onto the ballot. What are your plans for the future? Well, the future is not something you can always control. But at my age, one of the things I'm trying to do is um, liquidate, retire, sell off my investment property that gave me the luxury of being able to do this. I didn't have a 40-hour-a-week job. So I was able to use the money that I made, some of which I donated uh, to these efforts. And um, so I'm trying to continue the process of selling uh, my local real estate. And uh, that will free up my time for doing other activities. I always try to monitor what's going on at the state and local governments. Um, and you fought against things like the rain tax here in Colorado Springs. Right. Our mayor, John Southers, is a liberal who has voted and pushed, even though he's a Republican, like six or seven initiatives to try and raise our local taxes. You've consistently fought against that. Well, 
His proposals are not initiatives. An initiative comes from the people. His proposals are top-down directives to say, you will raise your taxes, whether it's a tax on rain, because they don't want to use their current revenue to take care of stormwater drainage problems. They've neglected that for decades. The politicians tend to create problems just by ignoring them, putting them on the back, kicking the can down the road, and uh, they do that um, to create a crisis so that then they have come to us and say, well, now you've got to raise taxes. Well, no, we don't have to raise taxes. We need to elect people who will set better spending priorities. And uh, Mr. Southers is uh, he's, he's what's known a rhino. A rhino is Republican in name only, which means he's not a conservative. He doesn't believe in limited government. He believes in power for himself and his cronies. And uh, he's trying to just bully the citizens into having a bigger and bigger share for the government. The point about Tabor is it doesn't stop all tax increases. It just says we have a right to have a veto power over it. When you go to a doctor, if he tells you you've got a terminal illness, you want to get a second opinion. Well, if we have a government that's headed towards socialism, we want to try to get a second opinion to have the government um, change course. And that's what Tabor does by saying they're not going to be able to take a bigger share without our permission. So we only have about a minute left, but I want to look back on your legacy and say you are like a little guy who stood up for the little guys. Or, or maybe you're a big guy who stood up against the big guys. But I'm getting bigger all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how does the average citizen, if they're tired of big government, if they're tired of oppressive mayors or uh, legislators raising their taxes, how do they get involved? How do they take back their power? Well, there's many ways. The right to petition is only one way, and that's only in places where either your city or your county allows the right to petition, or the state allows the right to a statewide petition. And of course, I think they ought to begin small. Uh, again, Tabor passed first in Colorado Springs uh, before it was able to be used as a model for statewide, uh, so people could see, gee, you had the right to vote on taxes and the sky didn't fall. It wasn't the end of the world. Absolutely. And that's what, they, uh, that's what they keep trying to scare us with. Mention your website one more time. DouglasBruce.com. DouglasBruce.com. People can contact me if they, if they really want to go to the trouble, but it's not easy. We're going to have him on again tomorrow. We're going to talk about all of the false accusations he's had to endure. God bless you in Jesus' name. We're out of time. Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Sign some of those petitions today. We'll see you next time. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience.
Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.